This week on the Open Nesters Podcast with Pat Whitty. It happened. I was struggling to get maybe a page or so written, but then stuff starts flowing. And all of a sudden, poetry popped up. Now, I've never been interested in poetry in my entire life. I don't know anything about poetry. I don't even like poetry. And all of a sudden, poetry popped up. And it popped up again the next day. And I'm thinking about poetry now. And then one day, right in the morning pages, I wrote a poem, for God's sakes. Where, where the hell did this come from? Welcome to the Open Esther's Podcast. How will you write Act Three of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act Three? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. I came across Pat Witte because Modern Elder Academy is an incredible place that I had heard about in one of our episodes, number 12, Language of the Soul with Laura Campbell. And in meeting Pat, I was inspired and I knew you would be. So I hope you'll enjoy this amazing interview that shows us that we're not really running to fix our problems, especially at this age. He's 78, but he's really still embracing what's next and how, how he's becoming. And it's just a really wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah, it was very interesting to learn about uh, Chapter 4 instead of Act 3 that we're calling about. <laughs> so let's uh, hear it from Pat Witte. Welcome, Pat Witte, to the Open Nester Podcast. Kind of found you by surprise, and you found me online as well through the Modern Elder Academy. So I thought that was such an interesting, interesting great work they're doing. And I'd heard about the book that Chris Conley wrote as well, and the soul, language of the soul, kind of soul retreats, and all this interesting things that just captivated my attention. So uh, would you introduce yourself as well as the Modern Elder Academy for us? Well, it's great to be here. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk a little bit about uh, what we're doing here and always interesting to talk about my life because my life has uh, become very interesting to me over the last 78 and a half years. And that's uh, one of the big breakthroughs for me in the Modern Elder Academy over the last couple of years of... Uh, I've been able to come out of the closet in respect to my age. <laughs> you know? Yeah, older. Go older. <laughs> well, like, like many people, I was ashamed of my age. You know, people don't want to admit their age, and they try to skirt around the issue. And finally, I realized, look, I'm I'm 78, and now I've, I realize I'm going to go back to my childhood and say I'm 78 and a half. Or I might <laughs> even say, how old are you? And I might even proudly say, Hell, I'm almost 80, and I can't wait to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I salute you, know? you for that. But that's, 
I hope we can talk more about that because that's really a big breakthrough for me and I think for a lot of people. Yes. So, so the modern so, academy is, is a what's yeah, a, what's that called a midlife wisdom school. And it's a beautiful, magical place here in Baja where people can come for a couple of weeks and kind of connect with their wisdom. And, uh, you know, you don't have to learn how to get old. Nature takes care of that. But you do have to learn how to be old, I think. And so we kind of figure out what is that next chapter in our life going to be while we're here. I love it. I love that I saw you call it chapter four in some of your coaching work. So I know you're doing some of that as well. And I wondered if that was also, a re which area of life do you mostly coach around? I mean, don't you want to know about the Institute itself? The Modern the Elder Mo Academy? The, the we'll, Academy we'll, we'll talk itself? About. Yeah. I'm curious about him first, too. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, got it. So then we'll also talk about both. How's that? Okay. Uh, that's what, my coaching work? Yeah. So I know what you do personally, too. Well, just as a little background, I... Uh, I've been in this kind of work most of my life. I owned the Dale Carnegie training franchise for all of South Texas for most of my life. And so my work was in the area of uh, personal development and uh, communication skills, leadership, management. And that didn't turn out the way I wanted it. I thought that was going to be the rest of my life. And that's another story. But then I went on to other things. But my last job at 76 was the dean of a School of Business at a small university in San Antonio. And uh, I found myself arriving for work every morning in my private parking place, which was pretty cool. I had a good title. It gave me some degree of prestige. Yeah. But I, I was not fulfilling my purpose at all. I would sit there in my private parking spot for a minute or two before I went up, and I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go up there again today and sit in that cubicle and answer emails all day long. And most of those emails are going to be to people in the cubicles next to me. <laughs> and I don't know what your rules are for language here. But I'm sure we're, we're all out here. All out. I really, most of those emails were what I call cover your ass emails. Yeah. They weren't for the purpose of transferring information to that person because I could just walk into the next cubicle. All those emails back and forth to cover your ass. It goes wrong. They could say, well, I sent you an email on that. Right. And so I said, this is not how I want to spend the rest of my life. I, this is not what I want my legacy to be. Uh, wow. He showed up for work on time every day and he sat in that cubicle and boy, he was good at answering emails. <laughs> what happens when we get older, you know, in our younger years, we're concerned with our resume, uh, virtues, you might say. I want to build a good resume and skills and make myself known and be important. But in our later years, we're more concerned with our uh, our legacy virtues. It becomes more important to us to say, what am I going to leave behind? And that, is it anything worthwhile? And so anyway, I just made a decision to leave that job voluntarily. And I'm telling you one thing, when you leave a job at 78, you close that door behind you forever. You better be ready for it because I'm that's, not going to the job market and I can't go on the job market. That's burning the bridge at its at its best, yeah. The bridge is burned, but that's what I did. And so I, I decided what I really want to do is I want to help people in these areas of life transition and their health. And so I, I, I formed my little company called Chapter 4 Coaching. 
And the reason I called it Chapter 4 coaching is because I was brought up with a, uh, a three-chapter model when I was a kid. Mama told me that Chapter 1 was, you better get a good education. And Chapter 2 was, find yourself a real good job with a real good company. And Chapter 3 is, retire and live happily ever after. Well, I didn't follow that model, and most people these days can't follow the model. It is no longer operative. Did Mama have a Chapter 4 on, on her list, or it was Stop at 3? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, you, you said Mama told you education, job, and retire and live happily after. Did she have a 4, Chapter no, 4? No, I was not brought that up. Was, it was only three chapters in, in her book. That was it. It was, it was retire and <laughs> live happily ever after, and uh, I didn't do that. I didn't have enough money to retire. And may the best win win. <laughs> I mean, people are living longer than ever. I'm going to live to be 100, probably. I, 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 that's what I'm working on. I don't have right. enough money to last me to 100 years old. So right. it shall be. I love hearing that. Yes. Fabulous. That's the way we have to approach our next, our, these, this chapter. So have your coaching, has your coaching been focused on any particular part of the transition? I mean, I had thought I had heard you in, your, in our quick correspondence since we met yesterday talk about career, and I was interested, are people going back like you said, you didn't have enough money to retire. So are you helping people with their careers at this stage as well? Not, well, not so much career, but uh, my coaching involves around, first of all, health. Because when it comes to aging, one of the biggest setbacks to living a happy and, and fulfilling life is our health. And most people let their health go as they get older. They put on a lot of extra weight. And uh, so... My, my primary focus is on helping a person decide what is it that you want your life to look like as you look into the future and then connect getting yourself healthy, first of all. And then in some cases, looking at these life transitions and getting unstuck. Because a lot of people don't know how to navigate themselves through these life transitions. They don't know how to deal with aging. And so many people are just stuck. So share some of those things that you actually help take people through with being un getting unstuck. Yeah, people who, who are concerned with that and uh, who want to talk about it. And that's not everybody, but I, you know, I find the ones who are ready, it's very gratifying to kind of hold a person's hand through that uh, journey. You have the conversation about, uh, not about the problem that you're facing right now, but what is it that you want? And, and that's what we, most of the time we start with focusing on our problem and, and how can I solve this problem? And we end up running away from something instead of running toward something. And what I want to help people do is start running toward the life they want for themselves. Uh, so one example of running away from something is dieting. When, when a person goes on a quote diet, they're running away from something they don't want. And when that, when they get a little progress, they, uh, they, oh, it's working. So that thing that was chasing me is not chasing me anymore. So I'm going to stop running. And then they go back to their old habits because they don't have a clear vision of what they want their life to be like. And so, you know, I, I'm just taking advantage of the blessing that I have that at 78, I'm still, I can still go out and, and walk 10,000 steps a day. I can ride my motorcycle. I exercise, my mind is clear, and I'm thinking, you know, 
uh, God has given me this for some reason, and maybe I should try to make myself an example for right. other people. If I could inspire people to, to, to get to the point where they say, you know, I don't have to sit in a rocking chair every day yelling at the kids to get off the front yard. Right. As I get old. There's so, actually a book Ashton Applewhite wrote called This Chair Rocks. And taking that. that out, that's not a great, that's, I love that now, that kind of metaphor. I mean, she was supposed to be here this week uh, at Modern Elder Academy. I was excited about spending time with her, but uh, I think the COVID thing. So, 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 Pat, when you coach people, you told me that, you tell us that the they don't know where they want to go. They don't know what division they want to be at. Is there any other problem that you find that people cannot really age gracefully that you can help them beside not having the destination to go to? Yeah, you know, a, a big one is mindset. And uh, as you know, mindset is simply the beliefs that we have about ourselves, about other people, and about the world, sometimes that we're not even conscious of. So if we can help people start to uncover those mindsets that uh, maybe are holding them back in their life and let go of them. That's a big freeing exercise. I wanted to understand, I mean, how can you change somebody that also, I mean, the older we get, the more set we ourselves in our mindset. So how do you change somebody that That's is 75 and yeah. 78? Mm -hmm. How do you change their mindset? How, how does that happen? How, how that transformation works? You're right. It's hard. And, and I, you don't do that unless a person is receptive to exploring some of the things that are holding them back in their life. Maybe they're not aware of it, but they know I've got this vague feeling of dissatisfaction. I know there's more out there for me, but I don't really know what to do with it. And uh, that's really the case with a lot of people who come to the Modern Elder Academy. And you don't, don't be fooled by the word elder. The elder is simply the oldest person in the room. If you're, if you're in a room full of 20 year olds and you're a 30 year old, you're the elder. Right. People here at the Modern Elder Academy are probably anywhere from 40 on. And for the most part, they're people who have done fairly well in their lives, but they're looking for what's next. Right. And we go through a series of exercises to examine our life and to have really stimulating discussions and uh, connect with our spirituality, connect with who we really are, and have the space free of uh, cell phones and uh emails to answer and all those things we have to do the, on the, the distractions the distraction mostly oh they're all distractions that's actually a requirement right one of my friends did a session there for like two weeks she had to get rid of her cell phone is that what part of the part of the wonderful process they recommend? you don't have to it's not a requirement but oh. but we, we do we, we because we're immersed in nature here i'm looking out my window right now at the baja beach and whales are out there and we wow. see their water spouts and we watch them breach and you sit out there most of the day, just immersed in nature. Yeah. So, to, speaking, Pat, about the the mindset, um, I have two questions actually with that. One is, did you see, or you can give us a, a story of a breakthrough of somebody that really was able to change their mindset and really living right now a full life the way they wanted to? And the second question I had was. What is the youngest person that comes to the elderly academy, the elder academy, and what's the oldest that you had? I'll start with the last. I, I don't have the statistical data, but I think approximately. I mean, it's I think like, the youngest person was in his thirties. 
Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, and <laughs> I think the oldest person. I'm, I'm, I may be one of the oldest people there. Not, not quite. But I think we've had a couple of people older than me. So it, it's a broad spectrum of people. Right. The question of how do you help somebody change their mindset in an example? Yeah, the example of a breakthrough. I mean, it's very, I mean, you know, entering, you know, act four, I mean, chapter four myself, you know, I also want to understand how that happened. How do you change mindset? And, and I want to hear a success story. I learn a lot from success story, from breakthrough. So that's the reason I'm asking. Well, one of the things I think I'm the best example of that to, that I can think of right offhand because I had some pretty strong mindsets about aging and about myself and about my limitations and my abilities as I transition into this part of my life. So one of the things that we do here at the Modern Elder Academy, and this started for me about two years ago because this is my third time here, we have a whole day of discussing mindsets and really getting inside of ourselves and saying, what, what are some of the beliefs that I'm holding on to that are holding me back? And then we, we actually, having a ritual can sometimes be a, an important marker for letting something go. And we have some rituals that where we throw our mindsets away. We have a, is the mindsets don't just vanish. It's not a matter of saying, be gone. No, you have to conquer them every day. But yeah, but at least you're, you're more aware of when they pop up. So for me, I, I had a very strong mindset that I was being left behind because of my age. That I used to be in... I was never famous, but I used to be in an influential position. I, when I had my business, I was in demand to go out and speak to groups. People knew who I was, and that satisfied my ego. As I transitioned out of that, that was no longer happening. So my mindset was, because I am X age, I am no longer worthy, able to make a contribution to the world. and. That was really holding me back because there were still some things I wanted to do, but that inner critic kept coming up. Oh, that's all. That's really nice, but you can't do that because you're too old. And then I'm getting all the reinforcement from the external culture to convince me that that mindset is right. Because as you get older, people don't respond to you the same way. People ignore you when you get older. They treat you like an old fart. And sometimes people call you an old fart. It's not very much, that's not fun. If you're enjoying this episode, other than episode 12 called Language of the Soul, you'll also enjoy episode 13, Does Your Age Matter? And episode 17, Older and Bolder. So, so the mindset that you had to break, was it just the fact that you are not longer any that you're no longer relevant or it also was the status and the honor and the prestige that you had that you no longer have are those those are two separate mindsets and you did you have to overcome both or just one well i had to overcome both because that one that one mindset that i was no longer relevant 
was connected to the mindset that I no longer have anything to offer the world. Right, exactly. Yeah. The way we become relevant is to offer things to people. I don't deserve recognition because I exist. You know, if I if if my ego continues to need to be fed, which in a sense it does, then I have to offer something to the world. I have to offer something to other people. Uh, and so that's what I'm trying to do is, and what I've learned here is that one of the things that I do have to offer and that we all have to offer as we get older is our wisdom. Right. And, and we lose things as we age. There's no question about that. But the universe is always in balance, you know. So as we lose some things, we gain other things. And the idea, what I wanted to come back to, though, because the spiritual component that you mentioned that I've also heard from a friend of mine who attended, and what I what I like to bring forward is my some of my messaging, is that even though if we're not, our ego's not being fed, we are enough. And I, I wonder how the Modern Elder Academy helps us break some of the mindset by saying, I am a gift in, my se- in, in how I am right now to the people right around me, even if I can't offer this huge gift of them all question. knowing everything yeah. out there. So how, does, how do you, how does the Modern Elder Academy help with that? Mm-hmm. And then I also want to ask about community that I was going to speak about, how I think that really supports us. So the spiritual part and the community part. First of all, is something very unusual is that we – we meet people from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. We, we often meet people, the first contact is in terms of their title or their earnings or where they are in this hierarchy of life. You know, I'm at this level of life and you are up here. Oh, my God, you're a CEO of a company. You're a billionaire or whatever. And that, that colors then the whole interaction for a lot of people. We don't do that here because when you arrive at MEA, you don't know who these people are. They're just human beings. They're all equals. And my, my, my last trip here, I, the first afternoon I was here, we went out on the veranda and sat down. And I got into this conversation with a delightful woman, and we were talking for about an hour, and it was uh, – just one of these great free-flowing exchanges of ideas. And then it was maybe an hour later, I found out uh, what she did. And she was a former war correspondent for the BBC. I thought, holy, I mean, would I have made the effort to go engage with her if I'd have known in advance that she was a war correspondent for BBC? Maybe not. So you start to realize, I think it was what, uh, what Ralph Waldo Emerson said, that every person I meet is my superior in some way. And in that I can learn from them and it works both ways. I am superior to some people and they are superior to me and we can both learn from each other. And you really experience that when I can sit down with somebody who in my mindset has been so far above me in accomplishments, education, fame, fortune, everything else. And I can say, my goodness, that person is learning something. Me. Right, and I'm worth worthy of talking to that person. That's so right. I'm, I'm equal. So the spiritual component is very much embracing us from the inside out because we are all just pieces of divinity that we don't always recognize. And sometimes seeing each other's spark doesn't have to come from what they are on the outside. Yeah, and 
here, like I said before, it's a chance to do something that we find hard to do at home, and that is uh, nothing. Right. <laughs> Just sit if you want to. For example, yesterday we took what's called an awe walk, A-W-E. And uh, the founder, Chip Conley, is a very wise man, also a very accomplished man. But we had a discussion <clears throat> about eight of us, five or ten minutes about awe and wonder and, and being what he calls a first-class noticer. Just pay attention, especially pay attention to nature. And so we <clears throat> took a ten-minute walk down to what's called the Palm Orchard. And we went in there, and it was just a beautiful 21 acres of lush palm trees and bird of paradise plants. And he said, now, I just want you to split up and walk through this by yourself. You're not talking to each other. I just want you to look at stuff just, and see how many metaphors you can create of, for your life in 30 minutes walking through the palm orchard. So that's what we did. And it was magnificent. We just looked at things. And uh, I walked up to, I uh, saw this huge palm tree. It was probably 20 feet tall. And it looked like about three-fourths of it was dead because <laughs> the palm leaves were all brown, <clears throat> excuse me, and wilted. And they were hanging down. And it looked like an old man in a robe. <laughs> but yet on the top of the palm tree, these beautiful leaves were growing out of the top of the palm tree. And I looked at that thing and I said, wow, you know, that's me. That palm tree reminds me of me because part of me is dying. And, and, and I don't mean physically, yeah. but part of me, my old self is dying and I'm letting go of those old leaves or mindsets that have been holding me back my entire life. And it's allowing me to grow and bloom and blossom at the top and understand and be who I really am and, and to, to, to really know that, and I am not meant to die and wither away, but I've got to let go of some of those things in my life that have been holding me back. Almost like having your own four seasons, going through the fall, shedding the leaves that you don't need, and getting the new ones for the spring. Beautiful. Well, that's why that's I think nature metaphor. teaches us so much, and I so appreciate you you expressing that because that's what I learned from my walks as well and how, as I age, I see myself in nature. I love that people... Now, do you do, do is the kind of exercise to write the metaphors or is it just to remember them for yourself? How do people, how do you usually do that with, uh, with that exercise? We write the metaphors. And, write uh, them. So an interesting thing is happening to me and, and I, I wish I, I hope that if I hope that if, if I can do any one thing in this little interview, if, if it's aired is that maybe I can encourage some people to take more of an exploration inside themselves. You know, we're so focused on the outside, but there's such a wonderful world inside of our own head. And just recently I started reading Julia, uh, uh, Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. Mm -hmm. And so I started a, a 12 week Artist Way creative cl cluster. And I got like 25 people who said they wanted to be part of this and they wanted to, they, they agreed to read the book and, and do the morning pages and, and do the artist walk every day that she describes. And so we meet every Sunday at three o'clock for an hour and everybody shares their stories about here's what's happening to me. I'm 
And she says, here's how I'm recovering, not just discovering, but recovering my creativity. Exactly. And uh, so I'm doing my morning pages with everybody else. A couple of weeks ago, something happened that she said was going to happen in the morning pages. She said, you'll get about a page and a half into it. And then if you're doing it right, you're going to start taking dictation. I said, wow, that sounds cool. And so, you know, that was starting to happen. I was struggling to get maybe a page or so written, but then stuff starts flowing. And all of a sudden, poetry popped up. Now, I've never been interested in poetry in my entire life. I don't know anything about poetry. I don't even like poetry. And all of a sudden, poetry popped up. And it popped up again the next day, and I'm thinking about poetry now. And then one day, right in the morning pages, I wrote a poem, for God's sakes. Where, where the hell did this come from? I just wrote a poem. I have and, the chills. That's beautiful. And then I, 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 uh, I read it, and I, I said to myself exactly what Julia Cameron said we would do to ourselves. I said, that's ridiculous. That's childish. i got to hide this. I don't want anybody to see this. You're going to make fun of me. But I said, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Julie Cameron's advice. I'm going to face my fears. I said, maybe I should send this to Chip Conley, who's the founder here at MEA. And then I debated with myself. I sent it to him. Surprise, surprise. He sends back a message. He says, I like it. And he published it in his Wisdom Well daily blog. So now, precious. The last couple of weeks, I've written like two or three poems. That's why it's so frustrating with people who get old and bored. You just sit around saying, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then they, all they're doing is complaining because the kids never call them or something like that, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which, we are going to speak about kids. I just want to finish the Modern Elder and your coaching part about around the community, because I do find that community of helping one another as we grow older and support this this notion of breaking our mindset and what I know that, that Ashton Applewhite calls olders, becoming olders, and this is elders, however we want to accept it. And I love being ageful rather than ageless. Like So creating community, I wonder how the Modern Elder Academy does that, create community. The Dr. Phil Pizzo of Stanford University has done a lot of research on aging, and, and he says that we, we need basically three things as we get older, and I think we need them all our entire life. He said we need purpose, and a lot of older people don't have a purpose. We need health and well-being, and we need community. And we've seen the need for community during this COVID crisis where people are Absolutely. People like me who've always proudly said, well, I'm an introvert. I don't need people. The best conversations I have are with myself. You know, this this COVID thing is going to be great because I don't have to deal with all those pesky people anymore, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm lonely. You know, I, I need to connect with people. So thank God for Zoom. You know, I start setting up my own Zoom sessions and things like that. And so MEA is a powerful, powerful community because we, when we come here, we're part of this community. The Modern Elder Academy originally was an in-person event where we had a week of structured sessions. When COVID hit, they had to change their model entirely. And so now 
exchange the two-week uh, sabbatical sessions that are uh, really observe the COVID health principles and social distancing, masks and everything. But one of the things they did was to create an online program that really duplicated the, the intense learning experience that we had in person. And the, the wonderful creativity of the people here are plowing some new ground in the field of digital intimacy. It's how to create that intimate experience on a, on a Zoom call. You know how boring Zoom calls can be. Of course. And, and so there's this combination of, of live Zoom events, but also a recorded structured program that you can do at your own pace, take you through poetry in some cases, uh, learning about transitions, learning the anatomy of a transition and, and how to navigate through it. And then and helping us connect with that community on one-on-one -on -one during the eight weeks. And uh, so MEA has a really robust community that's just filled with love and compassion and help. And uh, it's really quite a wonderful thing. But so is, is your wife part of this whole Modern Elder Academy with you, this journey? Actually, uh, I, I arranged for her to come here in November. She spent a week here in November. Uh, we didn't come together because I wanted her to come here and have a uh, very selfish week where she didn't have to worry about taking care of me and just have a week where other people would be taking care of her. And uh, so she, she's now part of the community and uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. And what did you, can you look back at all, Pat, on that time of when you became, well, instead of an empty nester, an open nester? And was that part of that re rediscovery of, you were still working into your 76. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you probably just kept plowing right through without evaluating right. it. And we're trying to help people at this stage be more proactive, why we call it Act 3, their kids left. So the way I, we've kind of defined it is the first stage is, is, the sing, is your own brain or even your marriage before kids and then and your own development and development together. And then kids, it's huge development. It's a huge part of life. And then Act 3, the way we're seeing it is, what do we do now? So if you take us back to that or anyone you've worked with around this kind of concept of that transition would be a little help, would be helpful, yours or others. There's at least two kinds of transitions that we face. One is <clears throat> an external transition that's forced on us. We didn't choose it. Lose a job, divorce. That was what happened to me. Uh, I lost my business and my marriage within a six month period and the business left me and my wife left me. <laughs> I can, I can laugh, I can laugh about it now, but it was terribly painful then <laughs> because my, my whole life crumbled around me at the time. Did you leave you before you lost the business or, or the business left you because you left your wife? How did it go? <laughs> it was, I blocked some of it out, but it was, it was a, a major transition because my whole life fell apart and all my identity left me. And, uh, so I, I struggled with that for literally years. And I learned here at the modern elder Academy that part of being a transition is what we call the messy middle. And, and we think that we, we end something and then we begin something new. Well, it's just not the way it works because for me, I was hanging on to the past for so long and that's the messy middle. 
And one of the metaphors we use here is the butterfly and the caterpillar, uh, the caterpillar and the butterfly. And, you know, the caterpillar at one point goes into the cocoon and literally digests itself and turns into goo and gel. And there's something inside that uh, goo that uh, holds all the coating necessary to become a butterfly. And then that caterpillar breaks out of the cocoon and flies away as a beautiful butterfly. And what we don't realize is that in any kind of transition, whether it's a voluntary transition or one that's imposed on us, we have to be willing to be in that messy middle and not knowing where am I, where am I? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And part of it is uh, giving ourselves the time and the space to maybe find our purpose. And uh, I've learned rather late in life that the purpose is uh, is a lot different than a goal. You know, we're all goal oriented, but purpose is different. And purpose uh, answers that question. Why am I here? Very philosophical existential question. Who am I and why am I here? And I I've learned that I don't find my purpose by running around looking for it. Like I do when I lose my cell phone, you know, I don't find my purpose by frantically saying I've got to find my purpose. I've got to let my purpose find me. I do that by allowing myself to dream and to dream without being allowing other people to impose their values on me. It's not what my mother wanted me to be. It's not even what my wife wants me to be. It's what I want and not be afraid to think about what I want. And then, you know, start being aware of what is my hand turned to when the pressure of life is off, what do I naturally go to? What puts me in what we call flow? When do I experience those moments when I lose all sense of time and space? That's probably when I'm approaching my purpose, what I'm really meant to do. That's something that we, we, we don't allow ourselves to do enough because, and I'm, I'm talking from my own experience, I can sometimes really see, well, I'm being selfish. I have duties. I have responsibilities. I can't allow myself to dream and, and go off on these crazy things. I, I struggled with that when I, I took about, you know, it took me six or eight months to leave that job. I said, that would be a terribly selfish thing to do. I have a wife here. I can't just walk out of this job with no paycheck to explore myself and to learn who I am. <laughs> and you did. So, yeah. Well, he, 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 wow. he entered that messy middle that he's talking about where he wasn't, sure, he wasn't sure where he is. And he but you didn't stay there. So no. the caterpillar analogy is beautiful because you have to go through the goo and see, surrender to see yourself becoming who you're meant to be. Yeah. There's a surrender there. That is very profound. That's why you're a poet, Pat. <laughs> a poet that didn't know it. Look at you. You're just exactly that. So so your kids, can we just, one more so moment on that, but how do your kids respond to your reinvention and your rediscovery? How do they respond? How do they feel about that? My kids? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think they're all that interested, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's okay. For example, I got on WhatsApp a couple of days ago here at uh, MEA, and I, I hooked up with my youngest son, who used to live in San Francisco. Now he's living in New Mexico. But hey, Patrick, I want to I want to show you where I am, and, and let me just take you for a little video tour. I'll walk through the campus here at MEA, and I don't care. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Okay, Dad. That's nice. How yeah. long it's going to take, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I resist the impulse to give him fatherly lectures, just let him be who he is. That's okay. Right. Saying that's okay is also part of our growth, right? That's where yeah. he is. That's where we are. It's all good. <laughs> You know, and that's that's growth for me because there was a time when I would probably feel resentment. I said, I want you to know how cool your dad is. I want you to know and recognize the fact that your dad's doing some really cool things. <clears throat> you know, when, when he was 10 years old, I rode him on the back of my motorcycle. We went from San Antonio all the way to Calgary, Canada. Wow, what Ooh, a trip. 10 years old. And... <laughs> I bring it up every once in a while. <laughs> oh God, that was horrible, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was your dream, exactly. Yeah, and you know, part I used to think, oh, it'd be so cool when he grows up to be a grown man, and he'd think back to that wonderful trip with Dad on the back of his motorcycle. No, he has no interest in motorcycles at all now, and yeah, that's okay. Or, or 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 reliving the memory for that matter. So thank you for taking us not just through your memory but through your vital new life. I I love this new mental state of really you changed your mindset and it's such an honor. Look, you you have inspired us, especially me, in, in your journey into your own self is what you hope that you we can convey to the audience. And I think we're gonna drive that point down because that is such a simple way to find purpose. And that is a simple way to get connected with yourself and know that you're still worth something uh, and relevant to this world. Beside journeying to yourself, is there is any other thing that you think that the audience should know and you want to tell them and perhaps teach, not so much teach, but let them a, a takeaway? I think maybe it's all made up. It's all made up. It's all made up. It, 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 we, we, we make it up in our heads. It, it, the stuff that happens to us in our life at the moment of arising is nothing but data. It can be converted into a binary code, ones and zeros. It could it has no meaning whatsoever until we allow it inside here. And we and process it. We process it and we make up our own story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we embellish that story. And sometimes we, we write it for years like a Broadway play. And we create a hero and we create a villain and we create a persecutor and we, we, we build this drama around that and sometimes we're the villain and sometimes we're the the, uh, uh, the victim most of the time we're the victim but it's all made up and all we have to do to to understand that is to you know you go to a movie with a friend and you walk out of that movie and you say oh that was the most wonderful movie i've ever seen it was great the other person says i thought it was awful right <laughs> So I used to think that we lived, we all lived in the same bubble. And if I looked at the Grand Canyon and thought it was beautiful, everybody else did too. Or if I read a book and I thought that book was fantastic, everybody else did too. 
Again, it took me a long time to realize that's not the case at all. We all live in our own little bubbles, and sometimes we live on different planets. And we're all making up our own stuff. Don't compare yourself to other people. You know, comparison is the thief of joy. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. I'm writing a book, and uh, I'm having some challenges with it because my mindsets are haunting me. Every time I sit down to start writing, I, I feel that I have to write something that's brilliant, memorable, something that's going to make me famous. And I, I realize that I've been trying to write other people's books. I've been trying to copy other people. And it took me a long time to realize, wait a minute, I got to write my own book, whether it's good or bad. I got to write my own story that exists inside me right now and quit comparing that story with everybody else's. You are wow. such an example of writing your next chapter and act. What a, what a great thing for us to end with. I, um, I want to just ask and, and thank everyone, thank our listeners for being on because they're hearing you and they're, and, they're, and they're in this discussion and I hope that they'll go to the Modern Elder Academy and if you'd like to also leave your contact information right now with us, Pat, how people can reach you, your coaching, uh, your coaching website or email. Oh, yeah, thank you. My, my email is pwitty, P-W-H-I-T-T-Y, at macmac.com. And uh, I have a Facebook group that uh, I'd like to invite people to come and join. It's called Health and Happiness in Midlife and Beyond. Health and Happiness? In Midlife and Beyond. Health, Health and Happiness in Midlife and Beyond. Wonderful. Yeah, there's something probably with 300 subscribers now and I post things on there every day that have to do with some of the things we've been talking about. And, uh, in the modern elder Academy is, uh, modern elder academy.com. It's all one word, modern elder academy.com. Wow. This wow. has been a real treat. Look, you, uh, <laughs> Pat, you inspired me and I'm sure you inspired the audience in both of those takeaways are significant and meaningful and i really want to thank you for taking the time number one and sharing and being vulnerable really telling us the way it is and i like your story about coming out of the closet with your age that is such a great great point i really yeah. thank you for saying that uh, i struggle with that myself so thank you for that uh and uh, we will certainly like to stay in touch with you and uh, continue the dialogue. Well, I hope so. It's been a real pleasure, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope it can be helpful. Very inspiring. Modern Elder Academy. Who would have ever thought about it? I mean, I never heard of it before till you mentioned it to me after Laura's uh, Campbell interview, but here it is. And now uh, he's writing his next chapter, chapter four and chapter five, and he's... Uh, He's on a road, and uh, as I said it during the interview, it's a journey into yourself. And I really, really take it seriously when he says it's all made up, that we all bunch of data that uh, we can turn, translate into binary codes, and uh, we all make our own stories. And uh, inspiring, inspiring, really inspiring. Yes, Amir, and we have to kind of say no to things before we know what to say yes to. And so, I don't know if you've heard the term, the fuck at 50s, but he's definitely <laughs> in the 70s. They need a better term for that to start saying, you know, what is it that puts me in flow? And now that I've come through this messy middle, 
of a new place in my life. What do I? What am I noticing? And they're all little things. The yeah. fact that he became a poet and that we notice things when we take nature all walks. I mean, I do that all the time. How do we find our real the real purpose of why we are here. And that's what we were discussing, and I just love this interview. Yeah, it, it, you know, I keep on thinking about what he said, that he's coming out of the closet with age. And, you know, it's something I'm struggling with, and i really, really pleased that he put it that way because it's really putting it in perspective, especially for me. Yeah, no, I really... Thank you, Pat Whitty. And I hope that you'll all get on our closed Facebook group as well and make comments about this wonderful interview or have a discussion about it, which is what we always love to do. And I'll be posting some things about that as the interview is posted. So go to the opennesters.com. Um, the Open Nesters is the website. The Facebook page is also The Open Nesters. And while you're on our website, visit the Tessa page on our website because I'm going to be coming up with a lot of different offers, especially for women and couples to play more and become more vital in their lives, as Pat talks about so beautifully, for us to really explore and investigate together. Yeah, and I think you can link to it from, uh, you can link to the Facebook, right, from uh, our Open Nesters uh, homepage, I believe. Absolutely. The Open Nesters, double in in the middle, s at the end, dot com. Hey, it's a very robust website. Got a lot of information, got a lot of blogs written about every episode. Resources, resources. all this stuff that's... And also a survey. Hey, take the survey. Tell us what you think. Which other episode you like to hear about? What other subject matter to you? Do you know of anybody that has an interesting story that we can share with our community that is ever-growing? So, please do. Theopenesters.com. And I want to thank everyone that is listening now and all the future listeners for really making this podcast a real popular and a real beneficial tool and a way to look at life for many, many, many listeners. Thank you all. Till next time, I'm Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we'll see you on the radio. Ciao.